I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sounds like a me problem, pussy. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, quite possibly for the last time you will ever be hearing... Music by Kevin McLeod. Hey, man, let's go on a bike ride. Come on. Look at, look at my new wheels. They're sweet. There are really just two types of people. Those who say, I can't. And those who say, I can't. What about those who say I might? Lame. These people have been summoned here by themselves for their 1,700 different reasons. Their unity comes from their mantra, I can. And their destination, a place they absolutely have to get to. What they will do to get there is monumental by anyone's standards, even their own. Monumental by anyone's standards. Well, no goals... No fitness, no time. Guess I can always just suck it up and be pack filler. Hey, everybody. That was a last-minute intro if you couldn't figure that out, you know, uh, making it up on the fly here. But the rest of the show, professional. That's our motto. Yeah. In the uh, pack filler studios, hi, everybody. I'm Pat Bolger. I'm Mark Hudson. And just want to say, gosh, it's, you know, the studios are a little messy right now. They're, they've probably looked better. Um, after talking with David, I'm going to get into that a little bit here in a minute, from the Sufferfest, he asked me to actually take a picture of my torture chamber, and I don't know if I'm ready to show it to him yet. Really? Yeah. Well, take a picture of mine, because it is it is actually built around Sufferfest. So yours is, yours is, not only, yours is dialed in? Completely. Oh, God. Um, well, no, that's not true. I'm actually, it's, it's completely ready, and it's got the big screen on the wall, and it's ready... Oh. And it's even got a Bose sound system. However, I can't get the sound system work. I need a Geek Squad. I, as you know, I am oh. not technologically proficient. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, the the everything is usually done except for when we do live gigs. You you know you, you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. You're setting that kind of stuff. Oh, I can I can actually set up more than the average Joe yeah. as far as a sound system and a PA system and getting mics to work and and things like that. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty good at that. But as far as like figuring out something with programming or 
like comfort. No, I, I, I don't have the patience. Don't mess with the talent. No, that's all I am. Groundhog Day. Absolutely. Hey, um, here's what we got. We've got a ton of ways for you to contact us. You might be listening to our live feed right now, which is streaming our audio now on the website. And I think I posted a link to the Facebook page. And obviously, we do have a contact page through Facebook. You can check on things there. We've got a lot more people signing up for that every day. Thanks for all those guys. We have a Twitter feed. We have our website. We are obviously on iTunes. We have email, all this kind of stuff. Send us your thoughts. Send us your ideas. Rank us on iTunes. Judge us. Rank us on iTunes. We'd be fine with that. Well, that's worked so far, too. Actually, I mean, our iTunes ranking was nothing before you ranked us, and now we are... Um, we're standing amongst giants. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're about to tackle all the the posers who've been there for way too long, going through the motions, talking. We, too, would like to pose. Really mellow like this. Hi, Hi. everybody. Welcome to a bicycling-based radio show. Hello. And uh, and we'd like to talk about muffins. Sure, <laughs> sure, muffins. Sure. Muffins are great. Well, well what sure. especially do you like muffins on your bike? Well, I like to. Okay. Yeah, I could do <laughs> yeah, this forever. Jesus. Exactly. And a uh, huge thanks to David McQuillan, our friend over at the Sufferfest. Uh, had a great chance to catch up with him last weekend. I was, uh, Mark was, had far better things going on. So I was able to catch up with David over the phone and have a little interview with him and talk with him about what he's got going on, about where those videos came from. And uh, you can check out what he's got going on. A very dark place, brand new one available right now. Please go through our website. Please go through our little little link on the website because it gives us a little... Yeah, we we make little, money. Gives us a little love, yeah. And uh, the new one coming out, Hell Hath No Fury, coming very soon. <gasps> Are yeah. going to be... Tell me, tell me, there's not video of women cyclists. It's all women cycling, but really, yeah, and it's going to be. Epic. Is it brutal though? Oh, I, it's a suffer fest. Oh. It's going to be hell. Oh my god! I mean, I don't know. I mean, I those are the best workouts ever. And as far as if you got to suffer, how many? Oh. I, I'll say it again. How many heartbeats can you fit into an hour? Exactly, and, and you are surprised every time. I, I am. I mean, I actually. Would never even consider watching one before I was doing the workout unless I was doing the workout because you really want – the people listening to this show will understand you want to suffer. You want that that little piece and then you're done and you go – Ooh. Yeah. Oh, I've called David everything, and I think he's about to take on some of them. He is an evil genius. I mean, it is it is a beautiful thing that you are cursing him. I think he and he takes it as a compliment when you're doing these sorts of things. Well, I I do think that, but I I do think while as hard as they are, they're still geared towards where they're badass and they're effective. Yeah. They're not something where someone's just going do a hundred pushups, do a hundred pushups because yeah. they said so. Pushups. Yeah. Do 100 push-ups, and we're going to talk about that later in my rant. Yeah. But um, I think his workouts, the reason I like them is they're effective. They, they, create, they create an environment that's fun, and they also yeah. create – I mean, it's fun for people like us. If you're listening to the show, you know what I'm talking about. It's fun for people like us. For other people who aren't like us, they would have no idea, and they'd think we're crazy, i.e. my wife. But uh, And your wife, too. Oh, probably. yeah, my family. My son will come in. I'll be screaming from the, the torture chamber slash studios in here, and I'll be going, Jackson, bring Daddy some water. And he'll come walking into the room and just look at me, and my eyes are about two inches farther into my head. They're bloodshot. I'm just soaked in sweat because it's warm in here. I mean, I, I, I usually open the windows, close the door, 
shut the heater vent, all that kind of stuff. Do you have and a I'm, fan? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. But um, that's a whole other thing, too. I'm convinced that indoor workouts, you never get your heart rate up as high as you normally would out on a road bike. It's true. And so, I mean, they're brutal, and I always end up sweating and just, oh, it's just, it's gross afterwards. I just look like hell. And I, I so I think my son kind of gets it, but I think he also thinks that something's wrong. Well, I think when I'm maxed out on a Sufferfest, I'm, I'm maxed out probably five beats per minute lower than yeah. I am, maybe, maybe six lower than I am on the bike. You know, when I, when I max out on the bike, yeah. there's a couple times I purposefully maxed myself out on the bike this year. Um, just hitting it like a mile climb, sprinting at the just end, launch it, yeah. sprinting on the final 200 meters, you know I mean? Getting your heart rate good and, and solid in that 90% range and then just pushing it as hard as you could, as long as you could. And then looking at your heart rate it's about on the same heart rate monitor is about six beats higher, seven beats okay. higher per minute. Okay. That's, you know, that's not bad. I mean, it's, that's pretty good range. I mean, yeah. That's a, that's a difference, but it's not drastic. I no, guess. I mean, but you could, but it's harder for me to get to the 90% inside. Yeah. It's harder. Like I can get to the 90% on a climb in three minutes. It'll probably take me 30 on a train. On a tra- Really? Okay. I mean, it just takes time. Yeah. I mean, you even if you're busting, it doesn't, for whatever reason, it hurts more. It It's harder. I don't know what it is. I'm a weenie. <laughs> um, a million different things. But yeah, indoor training, tough stuff. But yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Dave McQuillan, I, uh, I have nothing but love for you, man. And thank you for, if you've listened to the show, I'm, I'm yeah. flattered. Dave's a fan. Um, and the fact that you've come on the show is an honor. So thank you so much. Yeah. And I just wish I could have interviewed you that night. I could not have that night. I, yeah. Was that the night I took my son? That was stepson? a Saturday night. Yeah, I took yeah, my stepson. I think, most people are doing something far different. I took my stepson to the haunted hike, I believe, Ooh. that evening. And, uh, oh, yeah, we just we went and hiked around. It was like a haunted house. Oh, it was okay. A blast through Boy Scouts, <laughs> and you know, it was. Sorry, Dave, but uh, yeah, no, family yeah. first on that one. And no, I'm sure he's fine with it. Hey, you know, I do want to. I, I don't mean this is kind of usually a comedy based show. I don't want to bring things down too much, Mark. I haven't even keyed you into this. Our uh, a, a very good friend of mine is involved with a store called Bike Bike Effect in in the Los Angeles area. Uh, Allison, good friend of mine, uh, she's a fan of the show. She's been listening to us for a while. Um, they've had a, a little, God, how do I say it? They've had, they've had pretty big tragedy. They had a, ra- a ride going on just recently, um, group ride, and um, uh, one of their own um, overshot a corner from what I understand and, and, and died and passed away. And I just, I, you know, they lost a rider on it. And, and I, I wanted to kind of put a little something out to Allison and out to the people at Bike Effect. And um, I mean, I don't really know where I'm going with this. I just, I guess, wanted to let them know that uh, thoughts and prayers are with those guys, and that um, that's a, oh, that's a tough one, you know. So um, I guess we could probably maybe have a, I don't know, maybe a little moment of silence here, just for just for the the folks over at over at Bike Effect, and and I I, I apologize, I don't know his first name, but here we go. So anyway, um, feelings, thoughts with them. You know, the inher- our sport comes with a quite a bit of inherent risks, and uh, sometimes these things are inevitable. We've ha- we've dealt with them here in our community, and um, it's never an enjoyable, lighthearted part of the sport. But there and it's you go. certainly not a not anything, and I it's not anything you ever want to take lightly or 
or say anything, but me personally, I guess maybe that's how I'd want to go. Um, yeah. and I, and I guess maybe that's, we talk about the type of person hope and I, yeah. and I think, you know, who's going to be in the sport and we're, we're all there with you. And I think it's, it's just a tragedy. There's never a reason or, or anything like that, but thanks a lot. And, uh, yeah. for those of you who do listen to us from bike effect, uh, you know, moment of solidarity. Yeah. We we don't we don't know what you're going through, but uh, we have we have a minor understanding from our own experience. So yep. thank you so much, and um, we're gonna go say funny stuff now. Yeah, keep riding, keep riding out there, everybody. Okay, uh, you know what? And I think uh, kind of going with this, uh, we you and I chatted a little bit earlier about where to take the show and what our topic for this one's gonna be like. And oh, you know. I could just, I guess I could just preface this by saying, and this is the training show. We're going to talk about the kind of the training techniques and tactics and things. Um, I don't know about you, man, but I always start off really well. Best laid plans of mice and men. I, I, I'm, I'm about to kick it in full gear here really soon. Um, I bust my ass, indoor training, weights, suffer fest, plyometrics. I'm kicking my butt in the wintertime. And then the spring races start out pretty well. And then summer just goes to crap in a handbasket. And I, I, every year I say, okay, this is it. This is the year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to stay. I'm going to Masters Nats this year and all this kind of stuff. And I just, I guess I want to, not to mention our announcing calendar never helps very much. But I, I guess focusing on training, focusing on starting, on keeping things going throughout the year and uh, where to start now. You're doing all this swimming stuff, which is, you're you're flying with this stuff. We were talking before the show even started that you're you're on target. I don't know if I'm on target. I did have a setback. There's about two weeks where I had um, scheduling difficulties with the pool, actually. I mean, I missed a day. Then they'd shut the pool down a day. Then I'd miss a day. or And then they'd shut the pool down for two days. So I had trouble swimming with groups. Okay. But, um, no, I kept swimming in different pools. So my master swim took a little bit of a hit, but I didn't lose anything. Found that out last night. I went, I went to a master swim last night. I'll go, go again tomorrow. I'm about where I was. I didn't improve, I think, by not swimming with a group for a yeah. couple of weeks. But I'm good. Um, I'm still a little overweight where I'd like to be. I, so what I did was I jumped on the trainer on Sunday, and I've got it all set up downstairs, ready to go. Um, so I'll be, I'll be on the trainer probably four days a week, just wow. short times though. I mean, not, not going to do anything more than an hour along with the, the swimming, the swimming's coming along good though. But the fun part is finding something new to do in fall. Um, yeah. you know, that's been, that's why swimming is refreshing. I think that's, I mean, I, I don't know about you and I, I haven't even thrown this to you, but I honestly think that. I've I've been looking around a lot of the information online and a lot of the coaching things online and I guess we're you know we're going to talk a little bit about coaching and and what you can use and what you can need. I also think that there are so many people, you know, some has beens like us us ourselves that have quite a bit of knowledge and have done a lot of this stuff in the past and I don't know about you but I am willing to weekly blog my training schedule and just I don't know that I mean just to even show that there's information out there, and I'm, I, I guess I'm at the point where I'm going, I can't believe that people are paying for a lot of this information that, that can be sent out there. you know. And I'm, I'm not saying I'm going to become a world champion, but I can at least show you some training programs, some, some plans to get started. you know. And I don't know if it's for everybody, but 
Well, and that's just it. What's what's for everybody? And yeah. I think that's that's truly what it is. I'd be happy to kind of like blog what I'm doing to hold myself accountable and yeah. to show others. I wouldn't mind comments on it. Um, I, those types of those types of things. I think it's beneficial if you have a coach um, for them to see what you do, which I've never taken advantage of, even when I've had a coach. Yeah. And I've had the um, there's a what is it? Training Peaks, I yeah. think, is, is yeah. something you can you can use. Um, and and my coach previously used it, and I never took advantage of that, which basically hamstrung my coach. Um, yeah. because they didn't know, I mean, if you're not holding yourself accountable to what you're doing, which to my credit, I, I did work out and do what I was supposed to do while I was training for a big race. Um, you know, that was great, but I think you, to, I would be more willing to put my stuff online just so people could see it. And just so I was held accountable to it. And that's what I've done. I don't have a problem for that. But if what I do works for me, it might not work for you. Yeah. And, you know, in, in terms of that, especially with coaching, I don't know about you, but I'm finding myself saying, God, and I'm sure there are a lot of people out there who have this pig-headed mentality. I've been doing this for 30 years, for crying out loud. I don't need a coach. I can figure it out. I can get my way through it. Being somebody who's dealt with a coach and who's had a coach, where do you find it? At, it's is it something in, you're you're gung ho for? Invaluable. Okay. Um, how it so? Doesn't, it doesn't so? matter. I think um, anybody can benefit from a coach. I'll use the analogy to start with swimming. Um, okay. You and I both are anything but swimmers. I um, no, I suck. I do too. Yeah. Um, on swimming standards, I suck. Um, but I've enjoyed it. I've swam with a competitive group right now, and they're fast. I'm not, but they're fast. But what I like about this group is that I get a coach there with a workout that's set. Okay, this is the workout you're going to do. Now, there may be some tweaks based on speed, um, but there's a set workout. There's a set number of yards I'm supposed to do, and he's watching what I'm doing. So what am I doing? If if I've got a really big technique flaw, he's, he's, hey, Mark, you're crossing over on your right arm right Mm -hmm. now. I don't know why you're crossing over on your right arm. You just are. Um, Hey, Mark, yeah. You're not pulling through today. I don't know what's going on. Are you yeah. sore? What's going on? But you're not pulling through, and that's slowing you down. So there's somebody watching you and telling you what you're doing that you will never see. I believe that in a technique aspect, in a technique-balanced ba- uh, activity. I, I know how to pedal my bike. Do I, I need somebody telling me how many more intervals I need to do? Well, I mean, you say you want to go to nationals. Yeah. What's been stopping you? my own motivation. So maybe maybe that's true and maybe it's your work ethic because you've always been a bit of a slacker. I don't believe that. <laughs> um I think you know you've you've got a work ethic. You've been relatively successful in your own life. Um whatever success is. I I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how people judge that. Uh maybe you're smashing success, maybe you're a raging failure. I don't know what you are in your own <laughs> mind. But uh um you know what 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 you need is an objective outlook the i'm going to analogize it to swimming again. you keep going back to swimming I do, and, but, and, and but I look just... at this look at this there's a time where you um will swim in a pool and there's there's a video swimming and here's the funny thing you've become a total swimmer honest no, you have co- you have gone to the I'm dark side no there's but but what i would say is is you you do these these 
swims and they're videoed and everybody hates to look at their own video of swimming because i mean how would you like to with look anything at, yeah how would you like to look at your own video in the pool of pat oh, swimming jesus nobody needs to see that here's the kicker everybody else sees that there's nobody out there on the pool who doesn't see what you look like swimming except you you're the only one who doesn't know what the hell's going on. Yeah. And it's the same with a cycling coach. It's the same with everything else. If you don't have that objective look that isn't going to tell you, Pat, what are you doing? Here's the thing. Why aren't you resting here? Why aren't you going hard here? You know, with that feedback and, and to kind of put yourself on autopilot, you yourself said last show that Biggest Loser would be awesome because there would be someone training you, someone just busting your can and how beneficial that would be. That's what a coach does. A good coach. A bad coach would be detrimental. I, ju I just think I'm at the point in my life of having done this for so long, uh -huh. I would be uh, foolish to purchase a coach because I could – I mean I think my more benefit would be with, with guys who are you know, saying, hey – did you ride this week, you lazy piece of shit? Because, you know, uh, teammates like that. Mm -hmm. Because I know I know the difference between an interval and a sprint. And I know that if I got dropped on the climb last week, I know exactly what I need to go out and do. It's, I know, I, do I need to pay for a cheerleader? I, I don't know. I mean, there's a legal term. We kind of bounce around. You can use this and impress your friends and stuff. It's called cool. bullshit. <laughs> um, I think... If you find the right coach, he's going to figure you out, and he's going he's gonna to give you the, the impact you need right now and, and the accountability you need. It's You have to buy into the program this person has. It's not necessarily a coach that's going to tell you what you already know, and there's not somebody who's going to discount the knowledge that you have. You know, the knowledge you have a lot of times, like if you're in a pack coming into the final sprint and you know not to go at this point or know not to get gapped here – that's you can't teach that. You you know that. That's it. That's you can't experience teach that. Yeah. That's experience. But to get there and with the intervals and to build the intervals and look at your rest, which may be something you're not looking at, your nutrition, you know, there's a hundred different things that you may not be looking at, or you may be thinking you're doing everything right, and there may be one thing you could tweak, one small thing you could tweak that would make all the difference in the world, and yet you could be getting in your own way. And you don't even know. But how can a, a guy who's come at this from maybe a non-cycling-based background, another endurance sport background, or or I'm just you know I'm just saying I you know I've looked at the training peaks guys, I've looked at the Carmichael training, I've looked at Fast Cat coaching, I've looked at a lot of those programs, and I'm not bashing those programs. They are hugely successful programs for a lot of people. I'm playing maybe a little bit of devil's advocate here in the term that that's a lot of money. That is a ton of money sure. that you're spending every month. If you have a already fairly successful racing background in your life, is it worth the money? Is it something that I'm going to go out and shell out, I don't know, 100 bucks a month, is it? I mean, I, I can't even recall, to be honest. Just depends. I, yeah, it depends on the program. Is it going to be something that I'm going to say, holy crap, I went from this to... Man, I'm back on my feet. I I don't know if I don't know if somebody telling me my training program is going to do that. I think having three or four buddies who are going to meet you at the gym, and if you don't show up at the gym, they're going to drive over to your house and drag you off the couch. That would be helpful too. I I think, and this is all this or is... or your basement studio saying, hey, if you're not there this whatever day, 
to do Subverfest videos, you're we're going to find you and we're going to call you a dipshit. Yeah, I think that's important, and you don't want to let those guys down either. But yeah. I mean, that's the it's kind of the the mentality. But I I really don't want to discount a good coach. A bad coach is just as harmful. A bad oh, coach is as bad as doing nothing or worse. Um, so, and, and, you know, we, we've seen that too. I mean, we've seen, we've seen individuals unilaterally destroy great programs. Yeah. Um, so, okay, great. But I don't want to discount the benefit of a good coach that can motivate you, that can actually give you something. Now, would you use a triathlon coach for your cycling? Probably not from someone from a non cycling background, unless you're going to do triathlon. Is not going to benefit you at all. However, if you were to do a triathlon, why wouldn't you get a coach? Well, yeah, I guess. Well, it, I guess it depends on your goals. Are you talking about me personally? Yeah. Are you talking about me as me, Pat Bulger, doing a triathlon? You, Pat Bulger. If, you've, if you, Pat Bulger, were going to try and excel in the triathlon world, would you think that you could benefit from a coach? I would think that I would. I would not pay for one, though. Really? Yeah. Now, why? Let's say you had all the money in the world. Well, yeah. Oh, okay, so you're making a financial decision. I'm making a financial decision based decision. upon value for my money because uh, my triathlon expectations are more participatory than they would be victory-based. I'm not going to go out and try and win Race the River. Okay. Um, I, you know, I, I, I just – that's not – my objective. I will go out and try and win, you know, the, 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 our, some of our local one-day classics races sure. here. That's it, just it my It would not styles. be unreasonable for you to want to win, like, say, Frozen Flatlands yeah. for a day. Or, or even Ronde Van Palouse or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It would yeah. not be unreasonable for you no. to win something like that. No. Um, and, I, and I agree with you. I agree that's not unreasonable at all. But what I'm saying is, is when when we when we convert the the thinking mm-hmm. from I know this, I've done this, this is everything, and, and I agree, you have a very substantial knowledge base and a, and a, and a and a proven track record. You're a good athlete, but having not said right that, now, boys and girls. Right now. <laughs> Cheers. And so, but when you move over to a different sport without the knowledge base and without the expertise, you can see the value of a coach. Yes, I. I think we might be both approaching this on on different level, coming at it from different directions, where you're thinking about the person who might not have this sporting experience. I'm looking at it in terms of more a personal nature, whereas my belief in paying for a coach, you know, I, I know for a fact, I mean, hell, Lance Armstrong needed a coach. Everybody needs a coach to a certain degree, but it, I guess it depends on your goal structure, what you're willing to do and how often how much you're willing to pay well i think that's interesting i mean if it's a financial decision sure um makes sense but i i twist your mic make love to the mic oh there we go yeah pudding pop there we go what was that little little light no no yeah you're a little little light okay Um, but what i'd say is if you have i i guess if you buy into a program yeah if you buy into it and it's this coach if it's not a financial decision, I think it's a benefit. Yes. Okay. I think it's an absolute benefit. If you're looking at the difference between um, Jackson, your son, getting soccer shoes and you having a coach, the soccer shoes win. Yeah, absolutely. Every time, you know. But barring that, I think there's benefits to coaching. 
Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to agree with you. And in fact, you know what? I would like to throw this out as a challenge for all our listeners out there who might happen to be cycling-based coaches. Please come and prove me long, wrong. I will be your guinea pig. Okay. I would be any coach out there who thinks they are fully qualified cycling-based coaches. Bring a resume. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Drop me an email. Send me something. Not only will I give you free advertising on this show, I will prove. I will stand at this microphone and say I was wrong. I will say you are worth the money. But what I need is I need, what do you think, 60 days? Why don't we go 90 days 90 from the start days? of the year and then, then like hit, hit Walla Walla and see where you sit. Yeah, 90 where days. Where you shake out. If I promise to follow your program, 90 days, I'll, I'll pay you something. You know, I'm not going to do this for free. We'll trade some advertising maybe, but uh, I, I would be willing to eat my hat. Really? In fact, I would be willing. What would be a good punishment? Not only to uh, advertise, give, the, give this coach advertising, but, you know, it's got to be something. 150-mile ride? 150-mile ride. 150 mile ride in cargo shorts. No, <laughs> no, no, <I'm> no. <laughs> no, you could wear you could wear the old uh, the old uh, Arrive shorts with the when they came with the blue jersey. I will do a 150 mile ride in one stretch. Yeah, one stretch. If I am proven wrong, correct. If I admit that your coaching brought me to a better level, on top of something I couldn't have done by myself. Yeah, that's objective. Yes, but I'm, I'm I would be honest enough no, to say that's that. subjective. Shut up. So I would be willing to eat my words. Uh, that is my challenge right now. Hear it now. We are uh, you know the eighth of November. Yeah. I will accept applications between now and then. Ooh, I like it. Here's what I'm looking for. I mean, I don't know about you. I've, I've got my goals. I've already got my goals set out for the next year. Here's what I want to do. I want to lose about 10 pounds, 10, maybe 12 pounds. Okay? Nice. That's all. That, okay. you, you can't get over a hill if you've got extra weight. Correct. I'm a, I'm a big guy. I'm not You're heavy. Still. I'm a big guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm over 200 pounds. I'll admit it. Um, I, my strengths are speed and power. I've always been a power rider. Um I've always fancied myself as one of the uh, either a lead-out guy or a sprinter, that kind of a mentality. Uh, One-day races, rolling hills are always kind of been my strength. I'm not a big, huge climber. Mm-hmm. If you've met me, you would understand that the second you met me. Uh, and I, I'd like to be uh, – I'd like to – I think this next year, and you can probably – hopefully you have some idea where you want to take this. I would like to be the kind of guy who at least stands at the start line of – 15 races next year. Ooh. I would also like to be able to, that's including stage races. So if you go to stage race, that's three days, three oh, okay. right there. All so right. things okay. like that. And I would like to, uh, I still want to get my ass down to Masters Nats. Ooh. I just think Where it's. Where is it this year? I think it's in Bend again. Really? Yeah. Well, it's not a bad road trip. And so, you know, and I, I, I also want to work on core and total fitness thing, uh, you know, but, uh, but that's, that's what I would like to do. And, and I, I throw that out to a coach. Oh. Make me my words. Make make me successful. Bring it, bitch. Make me successful. I know. I mean, I, yeah. I just uh, prove me wrong. I would like to be proven wrong. All right. So you know, and, and I I think coaches are. I think they have something to offer. I just don't know if it's worth what I where I am and what who, the kind of guy I am right now. So that's cool. There we go. That's cool. There All we right. go. Um, Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. What do you got? What do you got going? I mean, I got other stuff, but I mean, you were, you were talking about some of your swimming. You are talking about the, the youngster. Oh, yeah. Well, this is cool. And if, if anybody's been following the show, I'm kind of excited about this one. Cade did his second epic ride. Um, two weeks ago. Okay. I believe he was looking down the barrel of his second epic ride at, uh, the, at the end of our last show. Yeah. And uh, we did. We started at Argonne. We rode out to Valley Mall. We actually had to ride past the Valley Mall to make our seven-mile mark. And, you know, it was cold. It was probably... Yeah. It started out the ride. started out at 48 degrees, and by the time we were done, it was 40 degrees. Um, we're out there. He's on a dirt bike, and... Uh, so we did it, and everything was cool. We ended up at the Valley Mall. We went home, had a soda. and uh, But the cool part was when we were on there, it was the Centennial Trail. For those of you who know, we headed east on that day, and I told him, you know, hey, if you keep going this way, you know you'll hit Idaho. And he's like, cool. When do we get to ride to Idaho? I said, he's well, already thinking that way. I said, well, if you want, the next time, because he goes to his dad's every other weekend, and he and his dad hang out and do stuff. And I said, if you want, next time, if there's no snow and not really hard rain, go to Idaho. He's like, fine, we're going to Idaho. So this weekend. What kind of a total round trip are we talking here? Not going round trip. No, Just, I mean total ride, total length. It sounds more than it is. I think it's like 13 miles. Okay. How On a dirt can't... bike, though. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm with you. I'm, I'll tell, yeah. wait till I tell you. On a, on a dirt bike. So I'm like, he wants to go to Idaho. And I think he's going to make it. I don't think he's going to have a problem with it. Um, we're going to Idaho. And he's going to start at Argonne, and he's going to Idaho. Wow. So, I mean, at eight, which is good. Eight years old. On a dirt bike. Yeah. Yeah. And he crashes every gosh darn time. I, he just, like, quits paying attention and gonk. But, no, it's been good. Uh, good thing for me as a parent, I think, or as a step-parent, really, Um it's been kind of a neat thing, and hopefully this show can incorporate some of it because I think our families are very important in all of our lives. Yeah. And, um, it's really that balance and, and in imparting the support onto someone else. And so far, so good. I mean, he couldn't ride a bike probably not – certainly not 12 miles six months ago. And he's going, and he likes it. So thumbs up so far. How about you, though? I mean, the thing is I've got the 8-year-old hooked. No problem yet. Um, and he's still liking going. And it's also, for those of you who are parents, um, that time is pretty cool because oh, yeah. you just sit there and listen to him talk. Yeah, it um, is. They literally, you're going, oh, I can't get anything out of my kid. Take him for a ride. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. Just ride behind him and listen to him. They'll go the entire time. They'll just talk and talk and talk. Yeah. So. 
So the uh, you were asking the the I've been bragging up and throughout year. Actually, I've been bragging. I've been pissing and moaning a lot about the junior development scene in in the sport, and uh, and I finally this year grew a pair and put my money where my mouth is, or at least my time where my mouth is. And I, I, I teach at a high school, and I thought, okay, I'm going to start. I'm going to see what's going on. I'm see if I can get some enthusiasm. We had 21 kids show up to a uh, to the first meeting. Okay. And we thought, we talked about, hey, you know, this is what we're going to do. The, the bad side about this is, and I've said this before, you plan a cycling league around a high school year. It's cold. Yeah. You, you start off, you have six weeks. No, yeah, maybe six weeks. gets cold. It's crap. And then at the end of the school year, right before the racing season kicks in, that's it. I mean, game over. And, and so what we did was we just said, hey, let's just figure this out. Let's go for a ride. Let's all meet downtown. Uh, actually, uh, we have a Mission Park. There's a pool there. It's right it's at the place right area along our our Centennial Trail. Really, really nice bike path that we have. I mean, how many miles long is old? I want to say if you take it point to point, probably fifty. Yeah. Okay. I'll give if you. If you go all the way out to nine mile. Yeah, and so uh, and so we all meet, and uh, th- there were only about maybe nine kids who showed up because it was, I got this going on, I got this going on, I got Hold that, on a sec I got that. Though. Hold on. Yeah. How many kids showed up last year? To the club ride? Yeah. How many kids showed up last year in 2010? None. Okay. How many How many junior cyclists were there in Spokane in 2010? Five? Maybe. How many junior cyclists were there that showed up to a ride at 2010? Oh, yeah. None. Okay, so no. there's nine more this year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and this is where I want your thoughts, and I would like even even some listeners' thoughts about where to go from here. Here's here's my group. I mean, they're high school kids. Um, out of all the bikes, one of them was a true road bike. Cool. Uh, and um, <laughs> actually, I lie. Two of them were true road bikes. One of them was one that our retro listeners, such as myself, would have absolutely fallen in love with. This thing... Steel's real. Oh, it was steel. It was steel. It was Biopace cranks. <gasps> it, still. It was, it was Shimano 600, baby. I'm semi-erect. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, no, I'm not finished. The kid got a flat. He had latex tubes. Remember the pink latex tubes? Huh? Yeah. Like early '80s pink latex tubes in Draggy? in <laughs> uh, in he popped this thing and it was his dad's bike. He had two rim strips, one under the tube and one on top of the tube. Apparently, Mister Tuffy's, Mister Tuffy's, that was they were nice blue tire. We pulled this thing out and I went. Oh, Chris Peter Schmidt, a, a friend of ours and ex cyclist, was looking at me and I said, "Dude, look at this tube." Can I keep this? He, we both asked him. He says, well, I got another one we can throw in there. And he pulled another <gasps> pink latex tube out. We said, no, no. Leave that. Put that oh. back. Shh, Put that back. Don't speak. <laughs> don't speak. Just let me look at it. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool. For those of you not geeking out, you haven't been in the sport long enough. This oh. was the We had the tubes that were lighter weight back then. So the, you bought these pink latex tubes. You are from 1989. Yeah, I think they were covered in talcum powder. I mean, it just they were just, oh, God. And so, uh, so that's when we helped this kid change his tire and helped him get through. He had uh, performance touring sh- road touring shoes on. The old performance that almost looked like those old cycle binding shoes. Oh, so you could hike in them as well. 
Uh, we and it was uh, so we're this is about halfway out on our ride, and I'll give you total mileage when we're finished. And then our next um, problem happened right out kind of uh, by Minnehaha, where the just a little bit farther out than Minnehaha. You were halfway out before <laughs> Minnehaha. <laughs> Don't speak. I have, and, a, um, I have an eight-year-old you need to talk yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we all heard this. I heard, I was leading the ride, and I heard this in the back. Was, oh, hey, and I turn around, and I come riding back, and um, a student told me that his, his pedal fell off. And I went, oh, no, your pedal fell off. Dude, you got to tighten those. It wasn't the pedal. It was a crank arm. Be still. Crank arm fell off, dude. The crank arm. Was it because of a bolt or did it bust off the spindle? It was a bolt. It was a bolt. It was just loose. Oh, just never, I mean, no maintenance ever done. Did you find on this the bolt? Thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. We screwed it right back on. That's oh, fine. You know, it's good to go. Fortunately, a little. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, yours truly brought his toolkit out. Um, and then we realized that because we said, you know, we had told parents that we were only going to be gone for about you know, a little over an hour just to kind of get the legs roofed, just kind of get everybody going. We got back to the cars and it started downpouring, which was, I guess, a blessing in disguise that our ride only ended up being. Six miles. Nine miles, actually. We, we did nine miles well, in an know, hour. It's nine more miles than you put in last year with these kids. <laughs> I mean, I say that kind of jokingly, but... Nobody really? was tired. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, we had some red knees because these kids are riding in shorts, and uh, some are in basketball shorts, and some are, you know... We did have one kid who was on a track, a newer track, nice nice bike, uh, had, a, you know, had the two-wheel transit kit on. Had all that kind of stuff, and yeah, you know, he was he was pretty legit, and he's done some stuff like that. Um, and you know, I, I I see in these kids a desire. Uh, some want to race, some don't want to race. Some want to be active in some way, shape, or form. I have some kids who want to off road race, and I guess where what the hell are we going to do now? I don't know. I think what you need to do is go to the next step and enlist. Wh- what I think, if you really want to know what I think. I do. Okay. You need to enlist. You're going to say a coach. No. Okay. The people you know. Yeah. You're, I mean, who do you know that actually can work with kids? Or who do you know that can work with kids in cycling? Who do you know from cycling? I mean, you know, why is Mark Kanoki not on that ride? I don't keep in touch with Mark Kanoki, but, you know, these are people, you know, myself included. Roger is a great, is a great oh, yeah. example. Myself, Jesse, anybody. Enlist everybody. I think... The the thing that will make this this program work, and it's and it's a program that doesn't necessarily have to just include G prep kids. No, um, the thing that will make a program in youth cycling in Spokane work is inclusion of everybody and every resource you know, and it doesn't even have to be related. It's be pro kid, and not necessarily pro cycling. The cycling is the focus. Be pro kid. Yeah. Oh no, I'm with you on that, and I think it's. Uh, it's just I, I there is a huge um I don't know if it's a technology gap or what when we talk about the sport we talk about um I don't know I, you know I'm seeing some of these kids with older what's not older what's the word they're 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 road they're not road bikes. I mean, and I uh, we have kids who want to be involved in a road bike program. They don't have a road bike. They have one of those flat bar cruisers. Uh, it's a hybrid thing between road and mountain. And I don't see. I guess part of me is worried about the fact that okay, if this kid wants to get into any kind of distance riding, he's going to need a new bike. 
maybe I'm looking too far ahead of it. Maybe he's going to need a bike. Maybe he's going to need something that a, a touring bike. Maybe uh, you know, do they want to get into racing? There is a gigantic cost associated with this sport. There are very few bicycle manufacturers out there who are making these bikes that a kid or somebody can get on and suddenly be off and running on. I just don't. I th- I I'm worried about. I'm already seeing an equipment problem, and that's what. I guess that's my, oh, shit, what now? Well, and, that, and that's where Chris Lucas comes in because he's the example that you that you saw of what he was able to do on a steel bike. That was on a steel bike that was made for road racing. I'm talking about steel bikes that are made for their flat bar hybrids with mountain bike gears. Good, those, those aren't, are never going to race. Yeah, so I mean, what, how do you get a kid who has a desire to race onto something that would be start line ready? We'll figure it out. I mean, get the kid to the start line. Okay, they're gonna maybe they'll get their ass handed to them in their first race. Get to get the. Kid they to the should. Start. Every kid should. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, get the kid to the starting line. We'll worry about the logistics, logistics and money and everything else. Sure. I mean, Arive had nothing. Yeah. When they started, Arive has nothing. Oh wait, that's us. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I guess. You know, the point is, is what do you want it to look like? And my guess is you want it to look like a Rive to a certain extent because yeah. it really was the happy little valley that yeah. got destroyed. And, um, <laughs> but, but it really was the happy little valley for all intents and purposes. And there's everybody's got a different story, and that's great. But how did you get there? Well, they just got kids to the starting line, and then people like M.A., and everybody else, there were certain rides and people who affected kids, and that's what mattered. And also people who love the sport. And, and I don't think you have a lack of people who love the sport around you. No, I agree, and I think this is – but what we're looking at is is when we first became involved in this sport, it was before the invention of the mountain bike. You bought a bike, it was a road bike, and you went out and you could ride with the other roadies. Yeah, but let's face it, mountain biking – is a different sport, but it's not necessarily separate. And if people want a mountain bike, why can't they be in your club? You've only ridden nine miles. Absolutely they can, and I plan on doing that, and I plan on doing mountain-specific workouts, sure. but I'm doing them on my mountain bike. Yeah, I agree, and I, and I think that's fine, but as far as road is concerned, you'll get both. I mean, yeah, you know, get one kid to the starting line of a race, and you're a success. If you get one kid to the starting line, at a Twilight series, yeah. you're a winner at this point. Okay. You're one more kid than was there last year. You need one kid at one Twilight series. You just need to bribe a kid into coming out on a Tuesday on anything they got, and and you're a winner. Yeah. You know, and, I, I, and I've also said it millions of times before, I guarantee 98% of our listening audience right now has an old steel bike in their basement mm-hmm. sitting there collecting dust. I have... A Gurchioti, I have a Harry Gary, which I'm not giving up. I have a uh, Davidson. I have, God, what else? I know I have something else. Mm-hmm. A, a, a Lamour, ready, go, ready to go. But but that's what I'm saying. Why can't why why aren't people like me giving away these bikes to kids? Because the kid is. I a gave kid. away a helmet. I gave away a helmet at the ride because this kid showed up without a helmet, and I said, "You can't ride with us without mm-hmm. a helmet." And he said, "I don't have one." Next day at school, I threw one of my my Lemars at him. Mm-hmm. You know, I had it for a while, but it's perfectly good shape. Kid's got a helmet now; he can come ride with us. But but my Bob Mizzy's on a fixie. How do I get the kid on a fixie into a cycling career? He can't race with a fixie. He can sure ride with it, though. Yeah? 
When he's frustrated with having a fixie, fine. When he's tired of getting dropped up Big Sandy, let him figure it out. I mean, maybe... I don't know if these kids have this kind of income, though. I they mean, they know, and I think this the is income, just... The income and the bikes, if there's people willing to give bikes, maybe yeah. they are. I mean, kids, there aren't that... I mean, we're dealing in centimeters here. Yeah. I mean, we're not dealing with... I mean, you can have a, a bike that almost fits a kid... Oh, that'll yeah. work for a little while. Oh, lower I, the seat and yeah, buy I mean, a shorter stem if you have to. I mean, that's your job as a coach. Yeah, is to figure it out and and to make this thing happen. If the kid has a desire, if it's just some kid on a fixie who wants a free bike, then then don't don't do it. But if you've got a kid on a fixie who's got real game who loves the sport, odds are somebody's going to make it happen for that kid. And if it's an old steel frame, you know, like a like a Sam Rancho or something. I mean, oh my God. You know, that's a beautiful. That's a nice bike, though. But what I'm saying is, is yeah. But but the San Rancho, what's that going to bring retail? I'm mean, what no, nothing. Two hundred bucks. It's going to continue to collect dust in the basement. Two hundred bucks. So like, what I'm saying is, is can that kid raise two hundred bucks? Can you raise two hundred bucks? Can yeah. you talk someone into it? it? It's not about the equipment. the The helmets and the shoes, I think, are more of a problem than anything else. Absolutely. You know? Well, those Helmet, have to be pedals. Helmets probably, have to be new. Helm- let's well, be honest. Well, and shoes and pedals do too. Yeah. I mean, let's just face it. Kids need new shoes, and, and yeah. you can't just give them old cycling shoes. But I also no. think there's an incentive program. You could have kids signing contracts that say, I will maintain a 3.2 GPA as long as I have this bike. I lose my GPA. I don't get the bike back. There, uh, no, I'm just saying there are a lot of things you can base around these types of programs that you don't know, get, get a little fire under their ass. Well, I, I agree, but I mean, right now the goal should be to get one kid to a Twilight series, and and the rest it can happen. But you you, you know we can't we can't look at I want to build the best cycling program. Well, without I don't a, want to, without I don't a million do without a million dollars in the bank or something no. like that, and, and some expertise. I mean, I think you could. I just think. Why don't we just get, you know, I mean, instead of changing the world, let's change some oil, man, and yeah. and and get it going and 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 see what happens because that's how things build, I believe. And so, I I, I don't know, I don't I I agree with you as far as like hybrids are actually somewhat nefarious in the regard that they they hurt the road cycling, they don't help mountain biking. As far no. as racing is concerned, the hybrids, if a kid has a hybrid, they're kind of stuck. Yeah, well, they get, at least they get them out there pedaling circles. Yes, it's, it's a kid pedaling, and actually the hybrid, I think, probably goes more towards a road cyclist anyway. Absolutely. But it's funny, though, that so many people that have owned mountain bikes for years and years and years, you get them on the road. Yeah, they never so touch funny. the road. Well, it's, well, but you get someone on the road, and they go for a road ride, and they, they cover all this distance, and it's beautiful, yeah. and they love it. They're like, wow, this is so cool. Mm-hmm. Because there is something to be said for both sports. And, oh, and God, I think, yeah. You know, but mountain biking, too, way cool. Um, they share a bicycle in common, and let's be honest, that's almost it. Mm-hmm. Because they are different styles. They're different durations. They're, di- they're different fitnesses. And I don't mean that one is fitter than the other. It is a different effort, and it requires different levels of fitness. It's like football and baseball. What? It's a ball. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, great way to say it too, you know. And I, I just think, um, you know, and I would love to hear from some more of our our listeners. I know Lizanne, our friend down under, had mentioned some great junior programs they have going there. And I mean, they had to start somewhere. A lot of these programs have to start somewhere. I want the you know kid, you know, kid who's you know eight years old to be able to have. I don't want this to sound like I'm grandstanding for Christ's sake, but you know, I mean, I just think this is one of those sports that a lot of those kids who might not necessarily find something particularly in 
they're not football, they're not baseball, they're not basketball. Some of them might be cross country runners, but they're usually a lot of the kids who usually approach cycling are some of those between the cracks kids. Not me. Yeah, right. He Not says me. he says as he's laughing into the microphone. <laughs> um, I was totally, you know, I, I well, I fell into a ski racing background, and that's where cycling fell in. Uh, that's where cycling became a part of my life. And um, I, I, we had tons of teammates who were just those mutants who just kind of didn't fit in, or or did fit in but liked it here. Yeah, you know, I mean, you look at I think Nate Davis was, I mean, literally went. To went through college was a world class runner. Almost broke the four minute mile mark as a high school student. I mean, could run like a deer. Loved cycling. Yeah, and now eventually moved on to running because he could get college paid for. But you know, okay, yeah. I mean, you look at some of the mutants we dealt with, and uh, I mean, yeah. they were they were just amazing people and amazing riders, and you know, awesome, awesome to see it. But cycling filled a niche in the eighties, and I think it's coming back. And I. I it's filled a niche. I mean, if you think it's going away, you're wrong because 200 years it's been around. I mean, this is yeah. a working man's sport. It's gritty. It's tough. I know people think, oh, spandex is gay. No, I don't think so. Spandex and, is gay. Lycra is, is totally yeah, tough. Yeah, Lycra is pretty tough. Yeah, don't um, get me started on but, wool. But I do. Oh, that's way tough. Wool, um, baby. Uh, if we could go back to wool, I'd let someone else wear it's it. It's not gone. They're tough. It's not gone. I like smart wool products, though. No, I'm not talking smart wool. I'm talking about there are some manufacturers making wool clothing, wool jerseys out there. Wow, there's a millionaire in the making. Well, Oregon Cycleware, are you guys still around? Oregon Cycleware, if you're still around, let me know. I think the show, because of our overhead, will be around in 10 years because we have none. Um, But uh, (laughs) I do think uh, Oregon Cycleware, if you're really focusing in on that, that wool is the next big thing. You'll be a fun remnant. <laughs> well, I, I, no, anyway, I, there's always been uh, points to cells that, that wool always says that it it does not have to be washed, wash uh, ride after ride, because it is a, more of a wicking material than a lot of our new space age fabrics. But let's be honest, every time I finish a ride in my current cycling jersey, it smells like ass. I agree, but I mean, I just don't like wool anywhere near my balls. Really? And, oh, yeah. I'll yeah. give you with the shorts. You yeah. Know, I mean, <laughs> give me a freaking break, guys. <laughs> no. I think friction break is what you Yeah, should. I mean, just come on. <laughs> wool near your balls. I don't think I ever wore wool cycling shorts. I don't think either, but it's just some things just won't happen. I probably won't, you know, smash my nipple in a vice either. You know, it's just why. Well, it sounds like a bad idea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. You know, and I, I'd like to know if they're still around because I saw some really cool stuff from them. I love that retro stuff. I used to have a long sleeve wool jersey and it was it was awesome. I, I got to admit, the, I, I do think you got to go more of a smart wool tint and, and yeah. the smart wool shirts yeah. are amazing. Um, those are pretty cool as far as a layer is, yeah, I gotta, I gotta throw down for smart wool, yeah. but wool in, in and of itself is great. If you're, I don't know, going to go climb a mountain and hang from a rope harness and <laughs> kill sheep. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> or ride a fixie around downtown yeah, ride Portland a fixie while you're killing sheep. I don't know. <laughs> no, ride you're... around downtown Portland. And where's my beard? Yell at um, other people. Yeah. Where's my beard? Dude, I'm on a bike. Dude. Yeah. Exactly. You come to the White Stripes concert? <laughs> White Stripes aren't cool anymore, I don't think. Um, so, 
I don't know. You, you know, and there's. You probably haven't heard of the band I like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you wouldn't understand. Um, so, I mean, that's my stance. That's my rant, I guess, on, on the junior things. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I hope this is that time of year, though, where you're at that, okay, we got to keep doing something. I got to get these kids into, a, into an activity based lifestyle. Do I bring them all into my living room when we do Sufferfest videos? No. Um, they don't have trainers, you know. There, there's none of that kind of stuff. Do we just start doing runs? Do we just start doing activities like that? Do we do cyclocross on freaking townies, or do we swim? Are you sw- doing a swim gesture? Why not? You have you a pool. have a woody. You have the whole. You have the whole. You have a woody for swimming. Uh, well, I mean, for winter, what else are you going to do? It's warm. Kids aren't going to. I mean, kids will suffer as much as they want. They're going to learn a skill, and you have a whole pool available to you. Where? Isn't it the um, – I know it's GU, but I bet you get G prep kids down to that pool no. down at no. – you can't? No. Why not? Because we're two different schools, two uh, different completely organizations. Really? You, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you've tried. Oh, God, yeah. It's, they're, they're, they, would, they would laugh you out of the – Really? Just facility. for trying to get to that pool? Oh, yeah. It's funny because they don't even have a swim team. No. They got nothing. They no. just got a pool there that's open. Yeah. It's a nice pool. It too. is a very nice pool. I would give my left nut for that pool time. Okay, It's Lance. awesome. Um, I uh, – Right. Um, no, I uh, was it right? For I, Lance? No, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never felt it. Sorry, Lance. Bad joke. Your expense. Yeah. Um, you know, so don't do I, drugs. I think that. <laughs> You're late. Um, I think that. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I think that. Um, I mean, you know, I I, I want to get the kids going with something, and I think that he is is doing consistent activity of some sort. So we're going to have to figure that out. Listeners, please chime in if you've done any of this stuff before. I yeah, I have a freaking twenty five year cycling background, but um, and I've coached kids, but this is different when you're dealing. I've coached kids who've ridden before mm-hmm. and have a racing background, so this yeah. is just an interesting process. Let's yeah, see where you go. You know, and and before we get to your rant too, I wanted to. Uh, this might be a topic for a whole another show someday. Is um, I was in a local shop the other day, and I'm not going to bring up the name of said shop. And uh, I've always made a point to stick with the local shops, sure, and try not to do all this online stuff. I have opportunities to add uh, major, you know, online bike shops to our our website, but I'm not going to do it because I believe in the local shop. But boy, does it make it tough when you go in there and they treat you like you're a dipshit. You know, that's hard, and the prices don't help. And I understand the markup. they don't. I do understand the markup, and and that's understandable. But if I don't get the service, yeah, you know, it's kind of hard. And and the worst part is I know some of those people. Really? Yeah, you know, I mean, you go to some shops, and you know some of the people there. They're good shops, and they're bad shops. And 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 you go... They're shops that you're surprised that are bad. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's some shops that are certainly better than others, but... I, yeah, for the price, I think bike shops have the option right now to either go the extra mile or perish. Period. Yeah. Period. I mean, not to tie back to something earlier, a bike shop's almost like a, a coach. I mean, if if you're in the lower, not lower, in your if you're in the intermediate realm of the sport, you don't know what you're looking for, you should go to a shop. If you know exactly what you're looking for and you can find it at a better price, should you go to a catalog or should you keep focusing on the local guy? 
Hard to say. I, I don't expect a deal. I don't. I don't want to, somebody to cut their price. If you're trying to keep your door open and you're an individual guy, I'm not going to go to you know one of the major chains and and save fifteen bucks. But that being said, I also I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to be treated like an imbecile when I'm there. If I walk up for something and I'm asking for something specific. How do you know I don't have a 1984 Gertiotti sitting in my basement because I'm looking for a part for it, you dumb shit? Or how do I know that you know I, this? I want this chain lube because this is the chain lube I've used for a long time, and I like it. So I try to steer you away from Triflow. <laughs> no, but um, but it was no, it was a. Uh, um, I was. I think I was just window shopping, and I just. I just. The guys were. I was talking to guys about specific bikes. And they kept straying me towards one way and t- talking to me like I didn't know what I was talking about. And I just walked out of there going, you dick. Yeah. I, I, I know my way around. Well, there's some things like if I look at mountain bikes, so I don't know my way around. Yeah. Um, but I do have some pretty good questions that will stump the average bike shop guy. It's yeah. It's kind of like, okay, well, this. Like when I'm looking at the 29ers, you know, yeah. I know the issue is how nimble is that 29er going to be? You know, I understand that once you get the twenty-nine inch wheels rolling, rolling yeah. you're gonna you're gonna have some great velocity, but yeah. you're gonna lose. It's not gonna be as nimble as say you know a, a track, yeah, like a full a, a yeah. top fuel, yeah. You know those types of things. You're, you're giving up. You're giving to get, and I'm going. Well, what's the benefit here? Well, they're bigger wheels, yeah. I, Thanks, I, dude. Thank you gotcha. very much. I yeah. I figured that out looking at the bike next to it, but awesome. Um, yeah, well, yeah, they're bigger wheels, so they go faster. Yeah. Well, sort of. I mean, you know, it's, yeah, they do, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, put a guy on a Trek Top Fuel next to a 29er and give him a course and see who does it faster. It might come down. Or to, the same guy on both yeah, bikes. Yeah, that's I mean. It's going to come down to the rider and the course, and it's going to come down to the tires. Yeah. It's going to come down to the gearing. I mean, all that stuff. So I, I, I just... It, it's sometimes bike shop people aren't terribly helpful. That is a good show. I think we should Almost probably should leave be. it there because yeah. I mean, yeah, I could go off on the number of times I've been unable to find the newest, coolest helmet trying to go to the bike shop. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. They, yeah. You trying. don't have the high end inventory when you know they, I, I want the Ionos Giro, and yeah. you don't have it. It's like, well, how long will it take fuck. you to get it? Yeah. Can I try on a different Giro? Will this be comparable? I mean, yeah. those types of things. We could. That's we could a talk whole about, show. That's a whole show. That's a whole show within itself. So, I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, here's here. That's where we're going to go. I mean, I do want to kind of tease before we go into your rant about some things. I've been. Um, I, I I hope we can land it, and this is going to be something, especially in terms of coaching, in terms of training. Um, listeners, if you guys want us to bear all, I will post my weekly training program. Somebody let me know if you want to do that, and we could share and laugh at my failures or to, or laugh what we're doing. And that call to to a coach is out there. That is on the table right now. I will be your guinea bitch. I promise. And um, and I'm hoping that we'll have a guest here in the next couple of weeks, the great John Howard. I've been talking to a lot about coming on the show. And he, he's willing to come on. It's just a matter of scheduling it in. And I'd love to have you in the studio when we sure. do that. Uh, John, great name in the sport. Um, I'd also, uh, you know, talking to some other writers, Hank Vogels, things like that. Some great people who are into coaching and maybe can tell me what the hell I am missing out on. Ooh. Yeah, so there we are. Without further ado, are you ready to let it rip? I think this has become a 
you know, you said at the intro to the show that we got to come up with a new theme. I, I I will start working on a new theme. The the hey man, let's go on a bike ride. Probably has had its run, right? Yeah. So um, with that, we've been we've been tweaking the show and we've been taking things off in different directions. Maybe I'll have a little intro, mini intro for the rant section of the show, so we can have that like as its own segment. Ooh, I'd be, like that. That'd, that'd be, be bitching, cool. wouldn't it? Yeah, I'll get working on that. Sounds good. So without further ado, we usually switch off show to show. So uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's Mark's turn for the rant. All right, I'll try to do this well. To start off, I'd like to start with a quote from Anatoly France. If 50 million people say a foolish thing, it is still foolish. That's kind of the thing. This week, our weekly newspaper, The Inlander, came up with a story about a movie that some of you may or may not have seen. It's called Anonymous. And it's basically a story about how the Earl of Oxford was actually the person who wrote the William Shakespeare Now, the author of this article, his problem wasn't necessarily with the movie. It was the problem that the movie made up facts, and now people are going to believe them to be true. There is actually a society called the Oxfordians, and these are the people that believe that the Earl of Oxford is the person who wrote William Shakespeare. For those of you who hated school and are athletes to the core, please bear with me. I will get to a point that interests you later. (laughs) Having said that, we have the Oxfordians who say that William Shakespeare did it. But what they do is they ignore facts that are inconvenient to them. And when we get to the very facts of the Earl of Oxford, there are a few that do go in his, fa- in his favor. For instance, if we start, the Earl of Oxford is actually Edward de Vere. He is the 17th Earl of Oxford. So all of the Earls of Oxford are not the ones. It's the 17th one. And Edward de Vere was a patron of the arts. He even wrote poetry. And that's really where it comes to. Now, we know he didn't write the plays. Why do we know that? Well, The Tempest was written in 1609 and actually was telling of a shipwreck in Bermuda in 1609. That's when that shipwreck happened. Unfortunately for the Earl of Oxford, he was dead in 1605, or at least pronounced extremely sleepy. (laughs) Now, we know he didn't write the plays, but some of the Oxfordians are still saying that he wrote the sonnets. This is also an interesting point, given the fact that the Earl of Oxford had no problem writing in his own name. In fact, he even published a um, volume of poetry called The Paradise of Dainty Devices. Now, that's a lot of things, but a masterpiece it ain't. And I even read some of the poetry, and a technical term, it's crap. Okay, there's some other issues that we also have, and it gets down to the point where you can go through the poetry through a numerical device and you can look at the terms that are used and the verbiage that's used and none of it matches. When you come down to it, the Earl of Oxford did not write William Shakespeare. In fact, he was a patron of the arts and all the actors knew him simply because they wanted his money. Now, how is this a problem? Well, we make up facts. There are some officers in Spokane that made up facts that as many times as you want to say it, a two-liter pop bottle is not a deadly device, and nor can you beat someone. Yay, Otto. For those of you who know what that reference is, that's my political leaning. (laughs) However, 
as many times as you say something, it isn't true. You can't just make up facts and say that the Earl of Oxford wrote Shakespeare simply because I want it to, simply because they lived at the same time and there are some similarities. You don't get to just make that assertion. You don't get to make up people in the grassy knoll, nor do you get to make these wild assertions that Barack Obama was born in Kenya because you want it to. Now, why is this dangerous? Well, it's dangerous to athletes in a different way. We've seen it with coaches that will literally make up facts to create an, a premise for their own training regimen. And we see it especially with long mileage athletes. We see it where they literally will say that the reason the person is not performing is their own work ethic. But they don't take into effect that athlete's limitations, that athlete's mentality, the nutrition that that athlete has, or any of that. What they do is they give that athlete a program and expect them to perform under those circumstances. That's dangerous. And you as an athlete, if you have a coach like that, you have a responsibility not to make up facts that your coach is right. If you're not performing, it's not just your coach's fault. It's your fault too. You have a responsibility to know what works for you, and you have a responsibility to relay that to your coach. And you also, if you want to perform in athletics, you also can't make up facts on your own. You can't set unrealistic goals, then hire a coach or anybody and say, if I follow the Carmichael plan, I will be a world champion. No matter what you do, you have certain limitations. Why don't you look at those? Look at what's realistic in your own mind. Don't simply make up facts that I was a champion at eighth grade football, therefore I should be a national champion in cycling. That is ridiculous. And for you to put responsibility on someone else because of your own limitations is irresponsible and also ridiculous. That is my rant. And the point is, you don't get to simply make something true by saying it. I am not a great athlete because I am. No, athletes are made and born, and you have limitations. You should first look at why you're in the sport. And if you're not doing it for you, you shouldn't be doing it at all. That's my rant. The 8th of November in the Pack Filler Studios. I'm Pat Bulger. I'm Mark Hudson. Wow, we'll text you next time. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 